0: It's the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast, and I'm Crispin Schroeder, the pastor of North Shore Vineyard. Today on that podcast, we have audio from our Sunday service on January 9th, 2011, and this is a service, kind of a special service we did called Discover North Shore Vineyard. Periodically, over the last year of doing weekend services, uh, we would do a newcomer's lunch every few months and I realized a few weeks ago that we had so many new people in that I might as well dedicate a whole service to kind of catching folks up on who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. So this service is our attempts to answer that. So if you're listening out there and got questions about what North Shore Vineyard is about, this is a great podcast for you. I'd also recommend that you check out last week's message as it explains a lot of of our philosophy of ministry as well. So uh, these two messages together will give you a better picture of what we're trying to go about doing at North Shore Vineyard. So thanks for listening, and I guess we'll head to the talk. I
1: don't know, last last week I began talking about kind of this idea of being a connected church, and, and that talk would really clue you into some things. If you weren't here for that, uh, you can go on to our website. That's Vineyard.org and uh, you can listen to uh, the thing from last week, which will help. But I'm, I'm not going to reiterate a whole lot of that, other than to say that on your, on your bulletin, you see this thing that says, Life Connected. It says, God, Church, Culture, and Heart. And, and I, I, I kind of proposed last week that we want to be a church a lot of churches tend to d- dwell in the extremes of some churches are really good at connecting with the culture, not so much Christian community. Some churches are great with connecting with community, but not anybody outside the church. We want to be a church that, where you can experience authentic Christian relationship around Jesus, but that we're always connecting, building bridges with the culture around us, whether through mission, involvement, and that also... I put heart on there because we believe that that following jesus should should transform you you should be changed that 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 should impact you and a lot of churches don 't uh in my experience don 't take the journey of the heart seriously and and so that 's what we want to be about here that that hey you can come here no matter what background you 're from whether you're it sounds like most people have have some kind of religious experience coming in here today, but whether you 're a christian or not we don 't we're not going to have any problem with you showing up here, but we are going to be about heading towards Jesus and 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 letting God transform us in our hearts. So that's a nutshell, kind of what I took thirty minutes to talk about last week. But uh, why say anything in thirty seconds when you could spend half an hour? Um, <laughs> uh, first question I want to deal with, and and if you need to ask, you can interrupt me at any point if you need to ask anything. Um, People do that all the time in a small church. That's that you know. I was, <laughs> I was on staff at the North Shore uh, at the Kenner Vineyard for the last seven years. I was the worship pastor there uh, initially. And, and there's a little joke. There's this couple that comes here, Ricky and Sharon, and uh, they've got to have grown up just in New Orleans. He's got that that language, but it's funny. I would introduce myself each week before worship at the Kenner Vineyard. I'd say, "Hi, my name's Crispin. I'm the worship pastor of the Kenner Vineyard," and Finally, when we started our Alpha course over here, Ricky and Sharon show up, and they're like, dude, why would you always call yourself the worst pastor? I was like, what? (laughs) They said every weekend, before you start worship, you'd say, hi, I'm Crispin, I'm the worst pastor. I was like, I was saying, worship pastor. And so, um, I'm the worst pastor, uh, uh, but I spent... Seven years down at Kinder Vineyard, and i got to tell you, when it comes down to the question of why the heck did we plant a church here? If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of churches on the North Shore, right? And there's a lot of good ones. Uh, and i got a lot of friends who pastor churches. I, I, before When I lived in Hammond, I had a worship band, and we kind of traveled around, and we worked with a lot of different churches. So I know a lot of pastors over here, a lot of good pastors. So why the heck would we want to plant a church over here? Well, I think some of y'all kind of hit on it today. When I went to the Kenner Vineyard, I had had experienced a lot of different churches, been a part of a lot of different churches. Traveling around the country, I got to see very different varieties of Christian experience from traditional to, to crazy off the charts, charismatic, and, and everything in between. But I would say that the, the, the first place that, that I really felt like home to me was the Kenner Vineyard. And, and I loved it when I went there because there was something... When you walk in, it was it felt very authentic and very unpretentious. There was it was not a, a freak show, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't you know so it wasn't real formal either. It was a sense like you could come in there just as you are, and there was an a, a, there was an atmosphere that that you you got the sense that the people took the spirit of God and, and experiencing God seriously, but without making it into something weird that you could actually be yourself and that God would love you right where you're at. That had not been my experience with church up to that point. And I'd honestly, you know, it's funny when uh, here you say, you know, a church for people who don't like church. I, you know, I, I'd pretty much given up on liking church, which was kind of bad because I was in ministry. But I was just like, I would go to church, but I really didn't care for church much. And I certainly didn't want to bring in my friends that didn't know God to church, (laughs) because I didn't know what was going to happen there, or or it wasn't going to connect with them at all. It was going to seem like bringing them to a foreign place where people talk in a weird language and stuff. And, And when we showed up at the Kenner Vineyard, I was like, wow, I feel... I feel like i'm not being manipulated i'm not being guilted into anything i'm not having people trying to force me and squeeze me into something like i feel like i can actually be myself like like and 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 experience god at my own rate and i was like wow it, it, you know it's funny talking about that right now it doesn't sound like anything that revolutionary but it, it is kind of these <laughs> days when it comes to church and so part of me part of my desire to plant the church has come out of I just want to see more churches like that exist. I I, I wish there were more. And honestly, I got I got to tell you, uh, you know, doing some church hopping myself. We could start church hoppers anonymous in here. Um, I, you know, I I hadn't experienced hardly any churches like that, at least locally. And so we we were really praying about. I, I knew I was going to plant a church at some point, just waiting for God to kind of give us the okay, and we felt like that happened uh, about two years ago on uh, Ash Wednesday. We were driving back from Texas, and and uh, I was in the midst of kind of this bit of a depression in my life. I've, I was on staff at this church, loved the church, loved everything about it, but my dad had asked me a question a few months earlier when we were there visiting on Thanksgiving, and he, he's like, it was a simple question. He probably didn't even remember he asked it, but he said, hey, when are you going to do this? When are you going to plant a church or you know, pastor a church? It was just one of those simple questions. Do you ever have a little question that just keeps echoing with you? And, and, and I think I realized part of my depression is I, I didn't, you know, I was kind of in this funk because I didn't want to answer that question. Because honestly, I love the church that I was at, you know? I, I, our life was good. I had a steady paycheck. This whole plant and church thing, it's scary, you know? Like, what if what if it just fails? And what if people don't like it? What if nobody shows up, you know? and uh, So... But there came a point we were driving back from Texas uh, after being over there for Mardi Gras, and and we just sensed like God was right there with us, saying, "Hey, it's time." And we said yes, and all of a sudden we just felt the peace of God, and 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 all this, you know, I'd kind of been in this funk for about six months, and and all of a sudden we just felt that lift. And so, I, I come back and fill the the pastor down at, at the South Shore Vineyard. He. Uh, uh, He'd had actually. I was on the senior leadership team. There was four of us that were were involved, and I wasn't just leading worship at that point. We were just kind of leading the church. So I was kind of overseeing missions and men's ministry and a lot of different things, speaking on the weekends some too. And and uh, Phil had asked us to pray about certain situations in the church, and I said, "Uh, Phil, hey, I think you know I've been praying about the things you asked, and I, I think it's time for us to plant a church. And he was like. I didn't ask you to pray about planting a church. <laughs> and that, that wasn't the answer we were looking for. And once he got over the, the initial shock of it, it's, it's been a really good thing. And I, I can honestly say, I don't know a whole lot of churches that, that really are supported by the main church. I know a lot of church, church planners, I got, I, I can, I, got, I know a lot of them who get sent out and, and they're never supported beyond that. So they're kind of like, hey, you want to plant a church? great. Go be blessed. And then there's no connection beyond that. And so they find themselves a few years into it just discouraged, disconnected, and, and things get really bad. The other hand, I find a lot of people who want to plant churches, they want to do it out of kind of, I can do church better than this place, I'll show them. And, and then they take a bunch of people with them and, and go start something. And it's defined by negativity and rebellion. And, and so it just kind of gets that. Yeah, I've been a part of those two. I've, I've kind of started things like that before. And um, it, and it gets defined by by hurt and bitterness and it, and it's it it might feel good for a little bit, but ultimately it goes nowhere and so I can say we have been very connected to the kinder vineyard, they support us, Phil the pastor down there, he's on our board of uh directors here for the church and i I go have breakfast with Phil probably once a month and talk to him several times beyond that so we're in, we're in a real good relationship and, and and I value that and uh and so that, that that's kind of a a good thing. So uh, any questions on that? That's kind of my history with the vineyard. Uh, yes. What does this church believe specifically about this book? We believe that it's God's Word. Yeah. Period. Stop. Period stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, hey, you address that. No offense. I just no, no, no. And, and, and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say... and, and you're... of people will give a good statement, mm-hmm. and then when you ask that question, well, we believe this, and maybe we don't believe that, and maybe this is a story, and maybe this is not so yeah. Forgive me for asking a funny question. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I I definitely, no, I I believe in the Bible. I, I think uh, uh, we're actually, our, our next series is going to be uh, the book of Philippians, so we're going to just, we're going to camp out on studying the Bible as a church on the weekend for... Um, for several months, probably. So, uh, yes? Uh, What is Vineyard Church? Is it the the home base? Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank you for asking that, because I I almost... uh, There's actually probably, in the neighborhood of 12 to 1,500 Vineyard Churches worldwide. Vineyard actually started... I guess you could kind of call it a denomination, although it's a a lot younger than, say, Baptist (coughs) or Methodist or anything like that. It started kind of out on the West Coast, and the guy who kind of headed it up at the beginning was a guy named John Wimber, who was a um, former uh, keyboard player, sax player, arranger for the Righteous Brothers. Remember the Righteous Brothers? You lost that loving feeling. Okay. Um, John Wimber kind of became a Christian out of this thing that was happening, this phenomenon uh, in the late 60s, uh, 70s, called the Jesus Movement. Everybody, Anybody hear the Jesus Anybody? Get, get saved in the Jesus movement. Okay. Uh, Jesus movement was where a bunch of kind of countercultural hippie types were coming into church. And uh, a lot of churches, it freaked them out because these people had long hair, they smelled weird and uh, whatever. And, uh, but it was a genuine move of God. And, and, and John Wimber kind of became a Christian in that cultural climate. He shows up at, you know, very early in his faith at, at a, a local kind of mainline denominational church. And he gets out the Bible, he's like, um, he said, uh, he talks to the pastor one day, he's like, when are we going to do the stuff? The pastor's like, what do you mean? You know, the stuff in the Bible that Jesus did, when are we going to do that stuff? And, and the guy's like, well, we don't really do that stuff, we just talk about it. And, uh, and that was kind of a pivotal moment for, for John Wimber, because he, he was just crazy enough to, to, to take it seriously that, that what Jesus did, when Jesus said that greater works Will you do than I do because I'm going to the Father and I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you? So uh, he took that seriously, and so John, it was you know a few years later he ends up uh, as one of the professors at Fuller Theological Seminary in um, I think Pasadena, California, and they just start kind of this experiment of a class on on praying for people to be healed and just like what what if what if God shows up and and actually heals people. They started seeing people get healed, and they started seeing, you know, and basically out of this kind of climate, they there, there was a few churches get launched, and and basically, over the eighties, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, there was a ton of vineyard churches planted. That's when the Kenner Vineyard got planted back back in nineteen eighty four, um, but there are vineyard churches now. I, I think around six hundred, five or six hundred of them in the United States, and then uh, a few hundred worldwide now. So. It's it's uh, the movement I guess is only probably thirty, thirty five years old, but um but it's it's really been a, a a pretty big church playing movement. So yeah, to answer your question, there's there's a lot of um uh, a lot of that. A lot of vineyard churches. So <laughs> uh my first exposure to vineyard, which I think some people this is was vineyard music. I I, I was going to a non-denominational church over in Hammond. Uh Back in the early '90s, and my first exposure was these Vineyard music CDs with, with worship, and I was like, "Wow, this stuff is this is different from a lot of stuff out there." And, and that there was a sense of singing to God instead of just singing about God. And I'm like, "Wow, this is cool." And and so that's been a big thing with the Vineyard movement, and and maybe that's why it connected with me so much because I've been into leading worship for a long time. And um, but that's a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna. On the note of the Vineyard, the National Board of Directors of Vineyard got together a couple years ago, and they they decided to put together a statement of kind of five values that would be representative of Vineyard churches. And so I want to kind of go through this list, and if I bring anything up that you have a question on, feel free to ask. The first one would be, now these are five things that we hope to see values expressed at any vineyard church. Uh, theology and practice of the kingdom of God. One thing we talk about here a lot is the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God a lot. And he actually, uh, whether it was parables or whether it's saying, you know, the kingdom of God is near you. And um, there's a lot of people, depending on, and it's, it looks like we've got pretty, uh, a lot of people from different religious backgrounds, but some religious backgrounds think that the kingdom came fully in Jesus, and so it's just a matter of our believing it to see that come to pass. So like Jesus, everything Jesus did in his um, ministry, death, burial, resurrection, that that he brought the kingdom in its fullness, and if we want to see the kingdom uh, demonstrated, then we just got to believe harder. And, And then the other side, you got more mainline denominations that tend to say that the kingdom of God has not come at all, it's just a completely future thing. Uh, there's a book that was written about the Vineyard Movement, the, the history of it. It's a short history called The Quest for the Radical Middle. Because I think where Vineyard would land is, is we believe the kingdom of God came with Jesus in his ministry. We believe that every time Jesus healed someone, uh, even when Jesus would go and hang out at a party with tax collectors and sinners, he was revealing the kingdom. Uh, we believe that, that that was a big emphasis of, his, of of what he did. He was showing people... It was the the kingdom of God breaking in. Now, where we differ from some in in the camp over here that would be um, probably more in the Pentecostal charismatic end, we don't believe that the kingdom came completely with Jesus. I mean, Jesus brought the kingdom, but we live in the tension between the now and the not yet. We look forward to a day where it will ultimately be fulfilled in the coming kingdom of God. But we believe that we can taste of that kingdom here and now, that, that every time we see someone get healed now, when somebody experiences the love of God, uh, when, when we see God show up, that's the kingdom of God breaking into a place. And so we believe, we, that, that's a, kind of a, a core, core thing that we believe here. Uh, we can go into that more at another time, but that's as brief of, of a nutshell as I can put on it. Second thing we, we have on here is the experience of God. We believe that God, that, that human beings are hardwired for relationship with God. I believe every person in here, you were created to have relationship with God. He's wired us that way. And so what w- we believe as part of this church is that, that we experience God. So I believe when we're singing worship songs, you know, we sing a lot of songs to God, right? You know, not just about God. We're, we're singing to God. We believe God's here with us. When we pray for people here at the church, if, if you come up for prayer, we're not going to... We, we, if I was praying for Dina, I would just invite God, Holy Spirit, come, show me how to pray, be here. And I believe that, that, that we can experience God by praying for each other. We also do a lot of things here at this church, which I would call kind of faith experiments. Last year, we did, for the season of Lent, we did this thing called uh, 40 Days of Faith. And um, during that season, I, I asked people in the church to write down a few things that you areas you want to see God move in, and and we would pray as a church, you know, as, as individuals and stuff for that. And so that season, we, we kind of was, and, and I I offered as an, as an experiment that I believe, you know, even if you weren't a Christian, hey, why don't you try faith on for a few weeks? Why don't you try praying and see if God might show up? And so we did that as a church. And i got to tell you, I had so many people tell me of how God showed up and answered their prayers in that, that little season. That was a little experiment. A few weeks ago, if you weren't here, we did a, what I call a, a reverse offering. We, we did our standard thing where we pass it around and people can drop money in, but at the end of the message, I passed it around that was cool, huh? Getting paid to come to church. At, at the end of it, I passed the offering a basket around and I said, this time, instead of putting money in, I want you to take an envelope out. And each envelope had some cash in it. And all I want you to do is to ask God how you can spend this money and, on, on helping somebody. You, it's, the money's not for you. Just go out there and pray and see how God leads you. Well, I've had so many people give me testimonies of, of, of how... I talked to one lady today. She, she had a friend who... Um, was trying to quit smoking. So she buys her a devotional and then gives her $40 cash and says, hey, when you want to smoke a cigarette, why don't you go get your nails done or something? Or, you know, do something to distract you. Read this devotional. And she said, I talked to that lady today, and she's been she's made it six weeks now without smoking. And so we do these little things around here, and I'll do these, st- these things throughout the year. We had a season uh, back in the summer where we called it Pick Six. Pick six people and pray for them. For six to eight weeks and just you know to being deliberate about you know so we try these things because why because we believe you can experience god we believe god wants us to experience him and and so we believe this is a living vibrant relationship thing okay it's not it's not just beliefs and and and, and ideas we believe we actually experience god any questions on that okay uh, Third thing is reconciling community. We believe that the church should be a place where uh, the Apostle Paul said, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, but Christ is all in all. And so we believe that in Jesus, Jesus has torn down the barriers that separate us from God. He's also torn down the barriers that 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 you know, divide us from one another. So we believe church to be a place that reconciles, a force for reconciliation in the community. And so we deal with that stuff in our hearts, but we also, you know, I'm I'm thrilled that, that we got a lot of people from different backgrounds, different places in the culture, you know, social, economic, uh, different aspects of the community. And I want church to look like that. I know a lot of church plants that get started most of them that I know of have started as kind of the young adults ministry of a church, and then they start, and so you have a church that looks like all people in their 20s. And that, that's okay, but I, I'm, I'm just stoked that here we have we have people from teenagers up to in their <laughs> 60s and everybody in between, and we got a good representation because I believe the body of Christ should should... It should look like a whole bunch of different people. So we want to see that here, but we are also in what we do in the community, that we want to be a reconciling community that that you know does that to the world around us. Fourth thing is compassionate ministry. You know, one one thing you can see all the way through the, the New Testament is that the church was very much concerned with the needs of the poor and 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 those who who were you know on the fringes and weak and powerless. And I mean, one of the first things the church does in Acts. They, they start taking care of widows. Nobody had to preach a message on it or anything. They just got connected to God, and all of a sudden, they started, their reaction was to take care of the widows in their midst. And so they started taking care of the widows. And we find all throughout the book of Acts that, that when they would send people out to start churches, they say, oh, Paul, don't forget to remember the poor. And so one, one thing we want to do here, and we've done this a lot this year, we help with the Covington Food Bank, doing food drives for them, as, as many of you know, we took up an offering in um, uh, December to help with a group called Seeds of Hope in Zambia. That they help with um, drilling freshwater wells uh, for for people in, in in the community and and providing training, hygiene training, and things like that to help help these people live a better life. The past the guy who's heading up Seeds of Hope is actually a Vineyard pastor, and we were able to raise like about six thousand five hundred dollars. Our little bitty church here, $6,500 to go towards Seeds of Hope. So part of our mission as a church, it's always, you know, let's not just exist for people who got it, you know, who are are doing okay financially, but let's always remember the people who don't have things, and let's always be a force to do that. So compassionate ministry. The fifth thing is culturally relevant mission. This goes probably more back to my message last week, but I, I can tell you as a church, we want to connect with the culture. We're not retreating from the culture. Um, yeah, there's certainly things that aren't of God in the culture, but but we're not looking to. We're this isn't a culture war kind of church. We're not going to pick fights with the culture on things around here. It, there's plenty of churches doing that, and that's fine. We're going to seek to build bridges with the culture and 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 find out how we can connect with folks right where they're at. So uh, a few months ago, we we. Change this church into an art gallery. There was a, a downtown Covington had this uh, fall for art. So we, had a, we hired a jazz band. We got seven local artists and put their work up on the walls in here. Uh, we got some hors d'oeuvres and stuff. But because we want to participate with the cultural conversation, we don't want to be like, oh, no, we only do Christian art over here and we only sing Christian songs. No, we, are, we live in the same world that you do, and we want to we, we bring you in. And, and, again, be church for those who don't like church. So we're not trying to build a subculture here. We're trying to engage culture. And, and like Jesus said, be salt and light, you know, that we could bring out the God flavors, the God colors in the world around us and, and, and point to people the words Jesus. Said a lot. Any questions? I'm, I'm getting really thorough now, man. Y'all, y'all are all, or else you're just, there's no, there's no Saints game to look forward to today or for the rest of the season. We're going to pray for healing. Um, Another aspect that I want to deal with, if you've been around this church, we've we've done this. Uh, yeah, this this is. I read a book by a guy named Henry Nowen a few years ago. Um, great author, and and this it was just a little book called Inside Out. Inside Out, I believe. But he writes hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them a space in which change can take place. When we were getting ready to start this church, I felt like this was a great quote for, for kind of what we want to do. We want to set up a hospitable environment where people can encounter God. We're not going to try to force you into the mold and, and, and change you from the outside, but we're going to try to direct you towards Jesus and, and that you can experience transformation. But... I, I've found so much of my experience with church and what turned me off from church is you walk in the door and you got people trying to get you to dress a certain way, act a certain way, fit in line, and it doesn't ever get to your heart. If anything, it repels you. And so I, I want to look at a diagram. This is what we've, we've done. Uh, I've talked about this a lot and I, I, because I think this is hugely important to how we do church. I think most churches are like this. It's what you'd call a, a bounded set. And basically... You can use this diagram to talk about anything. This could be Republicans and Democrats. And so to be in the circle, you'd have to believe certain things about, you know, taxes, government, social things. And, and if you ascribe to those things, then you get in the Republican club. And if not, you're, you're outside of that. You could use this to talk about women and men. You know, there's certain things to, to be a woman you have to be in, in this uh, circle. Okay? Y'all got that? Okay. What are those things? That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, but, but this is the way a lot of people do church. And so to, to, to get into the church, you have to go through the boundary. And the boundary could be anything from the way you dress. The, uh, in some churches, it's the way you talk. Uh, Heck, I even heard of a church in in Gonzales, where the pastor they're very into the prosperity gospel, and he wouldn't let you put a bumper sticker on your car if you had an ugly car because uh, he didn't think that was representative of God like, so whatever the boundary is, you can the boundary may even be beliefs you know like you to in order to come to our church, you have to believe certain things, you have to subscribe to certain things before you can get in well. That, that's the typical way a lot of churches function. The only problem is it's, it feels very cultural to a lot of people. So unless you're ready to get rid of your culture, you're not going to step in. Because honestly, a lot of what we do in church is cultural. It, it is, you know. Um, I mean, like having Rose and having somebody up. Front. You know, I mean, it's comfortable to us, but it's, just, it's cultural things. And so a lot of times we, we major on the cultural things that have nothing to do with the Bible, and, and people can't find their way in. And that's a bounded set. So you're in or you're out. So the, the downside to this is, is people who are looking for God, the very ones who need to get here, are going to be kept at bay. So a different way to look at it would be called centered set. In this kind of version of church, there's, there's no boundary. And I'll, I'll use like a, a A familiar story from the the Gospels. Jesus talks to a woman who's a... You remember the story of the woman at the well? There's this woman at a well, and she's a Samaritan woman. Jesus finds her in the middle of the day, and Jesus doesn't make her go through a bunch of boundaries to get to him. He actually meets her right where she's at. She's, She's different from him. She would be, you know, like say... Let me find a woman here. Yeah, she's she's way over here. She's not close to Jesus at all because she's a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. She's uh, a woman. Jesus was a man. Uh, There's all kinds of religious, ethnic things that would keep her separated in that culture. But yet, by the end of their conversation, she encounters God, and now she's heading towards Jesus. Actually, she goes back and tells the whole village, like, meet this guy who told me everything about me. You got to come check him out. Well, Jesus was doing centered-set ministry. He wasn't saying, no, before you come to me, you have to believe that this and this and this and this, and you got to uh, renounce your Samaritanism. Uh, he just pointed her towards the truth, and she responded. Now, there may be a Pharisee right here. If you look at the Pharisees and Jesus, the Pharisees were much closer to Jesus when it comes to They were men. Jesus was a man. They were... Uh, Studiers of the Old Testament, so was Jesus. They grew up in the same geographical area, so they were real close to him. But where were their arrows going? Away from Jesus, right? So under a centered set, understanding, getting in the boundaries, not important it's where where are you heading are you heading towards jesus are you heading away from him so you can understand that that people in the in in the new testament a lot of them that were close to jesus were heading away from him so under this understanding the woman at the well is actually better off than the pharisee you got that does that make sense so the way we want to do church I've, i've seen this plenty of times there are people who've been going to church for 30 years and their hearts have been moving away from god for years but they're members, right? You ever? You, maybe you've been that way yourself. I, I know Phil, the pastor in the South Shore. He was a deacon in a Baptist church for years, but had no relationship with God. So he was in, in the boundary, but it, it's meaningless in terms of a relationship with God. He wasn't headed towards Jesus. Then he had an encounter with God. All of a sudden, he's heading towards Jesus. That's the thing that matters. And so that's the kind of church we want to be, that, that wherever you're coming at, whether you believe in God or not... Whether you've had experience with God or not, that we are encouraging you towards Jesus. Cause I find, frankly, a lot of people who've been in church a long time, their hearts have grown cold. You know, they just they, they're in the club. But there's nothing alive in their heart. So that's what we're gonna be about. Center to ministry. Does that make sense? Any questions on that? I am amazing in my ability to explain stuff. Either that or, or, or you're you're ready to. Get out of here. Um, one, other, one other thing, I, I kind of came up with this diagram. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set it up with this. Uh, kind of came up with this a few months ago uh, for one of the weekend messages, but I like the idea. You are, not, you are not the point of everything Jesus has done, but rather a point through which the story of Jesus' redemption and coming kingdom continues. This is, this is a big thing to kind of what we believe. This is you. You are a green dot. Did you know that? Um, for our, our, our representation this morning, uh, this is you. Now let's see the next slide. This is Jesus, and this is everything Jesus does for you: salvation, love, peace, blessing, healing, etc. A lot of churches stop here. Jesus wants to save you, wants to love you, wants to pour out blessings on you, wants to heal you. A lot of churches—that's that's their whole message. But what I find, and what I talk about quite a bit, when Jesus came to Abraham, he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing, so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. So you are not the point, but rather a point, that salvation, love, peace, blessing, healing, this comes to you so that it can come through you. There's always that outward sense. This will not be a church where we say God just wants to bless you just for the sake of blessing you. God, We're not ever going to say that God just wants to, to give you money and, and make you healthy and wealthy and, and wider teeth and fresher breath, as if that's the point. <laughs> not,
0: with
1: not with all this coffee, at least, no. <laughs> we will say God wants to bless you because He wants to bless through you, because God wants you to be part of His redemption plan. God actually wants to change the world through you and this is where a lot of churches, I believe, miss it. So this is is one thing we're going to be about. So Jesus brings us into the story of redemption and then continues his story through us to the world around us. Um, So that's kind of the theology, the philosophy, all that stuff. Any questions on that so far? Okay, great. Well, how about practically? What, what are we, what, what's our plans as a church for the future? Well, our plans for the church as a future is uh, in a few weeks, we're starting some small groups to, to build authentic community. We do a lot of things like that. Before I started this church, I mentioned this last year, we started something called the Alpha Course. And I wanted to do that before we ever did our weekend service because Alpha is basically you get together with people around the table, you have dinner. How many people have been through our Alpha Course in here? Yeah, we got quite a few. Um, But basically, you have a talk on either, you know, like the first week, who is Jesus? Why did He die? Uh, How can I have faith? We go through all these things each week. But you know what? As much as as pastors don't like to hear this, I'm not really the exciting part of the Alpha Course. I'll do my talk, but you know where the real real action is, it's in the conversations at the table. And I got to tell you, we started our church with that at this restaurant called Matina Bella over here a few blocks away. We did that on Tuesday nights uh, before we were ever doing weekend services, just introducing people to Jesus in a way that was very centered set, just trying to have a table where you could talk about Jesus. You could say the most crazy things about Jesus. If they were real, you know, if if you had crazy beliefs, hey, you can say that. We're going to be heading towards Jesus. And, you know, the truth is by the end of that course, we had several people encounter God in a, in a profound way. We ran Alpha again this last, uh, you know, we just wrapped it up at the beginning of December. Saw a lot more people encounter Jesus in a major way. And we're going to be about that. And we're going to be about that kind of stuff in the, in the coming years. So in our small groups, we're actually starting a youth service here in, in, a, in a few weeks. Well, we're going to do it like once a month just to, to get things going. But in all that we do, it's going to... As we're heading forward, it's going to be about the story of God continuing through people. So uh, one practical question that I got last week was, when are we getting out of this little building? Because uh, as of probably about midsummer, we, we can ha- hold about 65 people in here, and we were up to like 63 people here, and it was really hot. People were like bringing fans and stuff. Um, well, one thing I learned at the Kenner Vineyard, when I came on staff at Kenner, They were doing five services, two on two on Saturday night and three on Sunday, and they were in a little strip mall, and it was as tight in there as it is here. They just could hold two hundred people in their building, but one thing I learned in all my years, it was five services at the beginning when I joined them. By the end of that first year, they were up to seven services, and so I learned how to do multiple services. So I I think we're going to stay here for a bit, at least until our lease runs up about the end of September. Uh, and if we need to add more services, we'll do that. That means that you got to get more people involved with things, and so we're you know, we always looking for people to help out at hospitality. I do have somebody that is beginning to take over uh, our children's church now um, that, that's going to step up and do that. Uh, Paulette Nitschke is going to be heading that up for me, so that'll be good, um, and so we're going to begin developing these things even more in the coming year and trying to get more stuff here on the weekends, and we're going to try to get more stuff in the community. So it's a little bit of both of those things. And uh, uh, that's, that's who we are, kind of where we're heading. I, do I need to answer anything better? Yes. <laughs> uh, um, I just was thinking about your small groups. We do BSF together over on in Metairie. It's a BSF. Study. It's a Bible study. It's international. It's on Tuesday night. Okay. So, so is there another night that you might be offering one or two small groups? Well, once the actual small groups get going uh, they will probably happen. I mean, like last time we had some that met on Wednesday and then some that met on Thursday. So I, I have a feeling once we get them going, there may be some that will happen on, on different nights. We're not, But the as far as the, the dinner thing, it will just happen on Tuesdays initially. So, yeah. Uh, the gentleman over here had a question about you know about the Bible, and this lady had a question about Bible study. And my yeah. my question kind of relates to that. Are we going to do a little bit more Bible study discussion in the small group? Yes. A- actually... We're, um, as we're going through the book of Philippians, we're going to be going through that kind of big picture stuff on the weekend, but we're actually designing the uh, small groups discussions to actually dig deeper into that during the week. So it, it'll be, every everything we're doing is Philippians. I hope you like that book. I thought that was the answer. Yeah, yeah, that, that is the answer. So, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of studying on that for a few weeks now and going to be developing some resources along that. One thing, too, and I've, I've been bad about this this last month, and it, we do on our website, North Shore uh I, I try to, as, as much as possible, I got bogged down in the last two months, but uh, uh, starting... Uh, tomorrow, I'll, I'll begin getting them back on track. We do devotionals that I put up there Monday through Friday. They're just little readings out of the Bible and some reflection questions, and it's something where you can. It's I just set it up basically to encounter God, re- read the scriptures, and you can do it all in about ten, fifteen minutes. So that's on our website under, what's it under? Resources. So that. You took a Christmas vacation. I took a Christmas vacation. I said, I'm I'm just not doing that. So. Uh, but we have those available. Uh, anything else? Yes? You said the, the whole vineyard um, music industry is related? Yes, the, yes. That it, that yeah, vineyard Vineyard. actually, you know, probably most of the church doesn't realize this, but a lot of what's become kind of commonplace in a lot of churches with guitars and stuff, I mean, a lot of that stuff was just kind of pioneered by a lot of vineyard people back in the beginning. You know, it, it's, it seems crazy that, you know, Pulling an acoustic guitar out would, you know, for worship would be like uh, on the edge, but it was at one point. Doing, babe? It's time to go. <laughs> like I said, why say something in three minutes when you can take thirty minutes? So, so yeah, Vineyard Music popped up just basically out of that. And anybody else? That's why I got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Okay. Well. That's it. So hey, if, if if you if you find all this stuff uh, helpful, uh, we, we'd be glad to have you. Uh, this we're not going to be a real hard sell, uh, pressure, high pressure environment. But if, if if that's what you're looking for, then uh, then we'd be glad to, for you to join us. So thank you all for coming. If you got any more questions, oh by the way, oh thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, on your on your forum here, we do have a. If you got any questions that you'd like to submit that you're afraid to ask in public, well, you can do that. Also, if you want to sign up for our email list, I send out emails a couple times a month just with updates of what we're doing. You can get that on here. And um, we won't send your email. All we do is do updates, so it's nothing. uh, We're not going to give your email address to the National Vineyard. You won't get uh, emails from Vineyard Music and stuff. So it's just for... And if anybody wants to volunteer for hospitality, coffee, greeting, talk to Miss Judy here. What's that? Oh, yeah. And y'all eat all these muffins before we get out of here. All right. Thank y'all. Get out of here.
0: A little while to oh, just a, while to labor. In a pet that's always straight. Sorrow in this low and sinful state, now. then we'll up the heaven's portals, sweeping through the pearly gate.